Welcome to where the weird ones are. Every time I speak, I want the truth to come out. Powerful figures. Let's get weird. What's up, you fucking weirdos? Welcome to another episode of Where the Weird Ones Are. My name is Kevin, but you probably already knew that, and if you didn't, now you do. Today's episode is with a gentleman by the name of Nick Valente. Uh, He's a wicked sweet guy, Um, very knowledgeable in the field of cryptozoology. Um, so I hope you guys show him some love on his YouTube, um, international Dogman project. Uh, he is the head of, of that. So, uh, he's out there in the field, he's researching, you know, uh, looking into all things Dogman. Uh, so please, uh, give him some love, show him some love. Uh, he's had, um, he had this uh, a pretty creepy fucking experience with a uh, with a dogman encounter. So, if when you listen to it, like if you can put yourself there, like it's pretty creepy. Like listening to it's not all that creepy, like sounding, but like if you like listen, he like because he describes it really well, man. Like I can't even can't even uh, fathom being in that situation. It was a late night after right after him and his team were out uh, at the gun range. So, um, very creepy encounter. Uh, glad he's, you know, nothing serious happened with it, you know? So, um, but yeah, so I hope you guys enjoy, uh, today's episode and, uh, definitely check out, uh, Nick Valenti's YouTube channel. Um, what else? Uh, so, if you're into like crystal jewelry, healing crystals and, and whatnot, please uh, check out uh, www.etsy.com slash heal with Christina. You can get all that shit over there. She's a good friend. Uh, love her to death. Um, so go over there and support her if you're in, into crystal shit. If you want uh, like a psychic reading or graphic design of any kind like you're trying to start a podcast or start a business of some kind and you need a logo uh go on over to www.thefineartmedium.com and emily can definitely help you out and then if you're into uh if you just like um t-shirts clothing or you know whatever uh, you can get some a some sweet ass AI inspired art on on t shirts and shit. 
at deeperdown.store. Uh, he's got like long sleeves, t-shirts, hats, tote bags, tumblers, mugs, you know, a whole bunch of shit. So go, uh, go check that out. Show him some love. Uh, David's a good fuck, good friend. He's a good fucking guy. So, uh, support him, uh, where if you, if you see fit anyways, um, also, uh, if you want some of my merch, uh, where the weird ones are podcast.com, uh, you can get the, you can get the blog there, uh, a gallery of, um, people wearing the merch is on there. The chat room for the Patreons on there, but obviously password protected. So you got to become a Patreon member. So Patreon is weirdos only. If you're interested in that, um, so by the time this episode comes out, there should be a story time episode, which will be my second Patreon episode. So, uh, Conspiracy Tuesday 8 is on Patreon only, and then story time should be, um, should be on there too. So, um... Yeah, it's uh if you if you're interested in the Patreon, it's literally five dollars a month. Um, pretty cheap. Get a free coffee mug, which is like ten dollars. So I don't thought that matters. I'm just saying. Um get a free coffee mug, early access to the shows. Uh you get the extra segments like Conspiracy Tuesday and Story Time. Um, and it also just helps me out, you know, with, um, you know, if I need to update shit, like, cause I know my mic's not fantastic, um, and whatnot. My computer's not the greatest either. Um, but you know, I make do and I'm not trying to make you pay me money. Like I I had, I was very, it was a very like, um, um, I don't even know the word to use. Like I, I was just, I was torn on actually doing a Patreon because I didn't want to, but like it would, it would, it would help me out. So, um, so far I got a few people in there already. So, um, yeah, if you're interested, go check it out. If you're not, you're not, you know, nobody's going to blame you. I still love you for being here. Uh, so another way to help, help this show grow and reach more people is like follow share and subscribe uh rating and reviews help out tremendously um if you leave a review i will definitely read it here in the in in an intro um i believe i think spotify and apple will allow reviews but i'm not 100 sure i know apple does so if you want to take you know a couple seconds to to do that i would greatly appreciate it um, obviously again, you don't have to, so I'm just happy you're here listening to this and listening to Nick's story. Cause Nick's a fantastic guy. Um, so yeah, why don't I shut the fuck up and let's get into it. They're coming to get you, Barbara. Let's get weird!
Let's get weird. Let's get weird. Let's get weird. Weird. Get weird. What's up, party people? Welcome. I have uh, a a good uh, a friend of uh, Cryptid Warfare. Uh, I've heard a lot about him from uh, Drew and Zook. Um, and for those of you who listen to this show, uh, he was also on uh, Farah's uh, podcast, I think almost a year ago now. And um, right. it, it was a good conversation. I listened to that episode and it, and it was lovely. Farah's a lovely person, so... <laughs> Um, if you're interested, you can go check that out as well. Uh, but I have Nick Valente with me. How's it going, man? Doing great. And it's going great. Thank you. Thank you for having me on. Thank you for coming on, man. I really appreciate it. Um, I've, I've been really intrigued with the, uh, dog man cryptid. I've heard, I, I didn't hear about him until, um, I think 2020, because that was like around the time I started really listening to podcasts anyway. And that's when I started hearing about it. And then you, you, my YouTube feed started showing like videos about Dogman and stuff like that. So it's been it's been interesting. And I think what I, I think I um, had a Dogman, I guess you would call it a sighting. Um, it was close, right. but it was not close enough to like be. I could touch it or anything, but I thought I, I thought it was going to kill me regardless. Oh um, god! But I didn't know what it was because I couldn't tell. But with all like the experiences that I've heard and stuff, that's what I just attribute it to. But um, so for I guess where I'd like to start is um, I would like to dig into the the encounter you had in 2013. Okay, well. Uh, that was like yourself. I didn't know what a dog man was either. I had been doing cryptozoology for a few years, um, actually quite a few years before that. And uh, yeah. when I saw this creature on on the night of September thirteenth, twenty thirteen, I I said werewolf. You know, uh, when I finally got mm. a good eyeball on it. But to uh, to bring you up to date on you know what I what happened was uh, I had just been going through 36 hours at work. We had qualifications that we have to do twice a year. And it was 36 hours straight with like two hours of sleep in, in all that time. And you're going through training procedures and everything like that. Anyway, I was driving home and I wanted to get home quicker than my normal route. Uh, I was going down Route 22 West and I was going through Mountainside and I was coming up on New Providence Road in Mountainside. And I said, you know, if I make a right on New Providence Road and go, go up and over the mountain, uh, it'll it'll shave a good, God, 20 minutes off the drive time. Now, mind you, Route 22 West and doing a circle is an easier drive because I can do like 65 miles an hour. But going up and over the mountain, you know, you're doing 40, 45. You got to watch out for deer and any other animal. But it takes me straight over the mountain. And it takes me into Wachung Reservation, which is at the top of the mountain. Wachung, and I decided to do that. So made the right turn. I went up. 
and I hit the oval. Now, uh, Wachung Reservation used to be a uh, an area where there was an Indian tribe a long, long, long time ago. And I found out a little bit after this encounter that uh, that tribe actually had a uh, Native American Indian burial ground up in the Wachung Reservation area. It's little known. They don't they don't advertise it. But getting back to what happened was I, I hit the top of the mountain where the oval was. And inside that oval, they had cleared all the trees decades ago out. And they have uh, barbecue areas for people. They have a swing set, you know, for kids and, and other things for kids to play on. There's a lot of open field. I mean, the uh, the oval is about the size of, I would say, six to maybe eight football fields. If you put them next to each other, you know, and and spread wow. it out. Uh, so you have to go around the oval and then you have to go past a, a brick building. That's in, where they sell ice cream during the daytime, you know, when it's open. And then there's another brick building next to it. It's the bathrooms, you know, male and female bathrooms. And then I don't believe there there's a stop, stop sign there today, but there was a stop sign at the end of that roadway when you're coming around the oval. I was driving my Jeep Wrangler at the time and I had uh, 500,000 candle power of uh, Casey highlighter lights on it. Uh, nowadays they call them lumens, but back then they called it candle power. And I had it on because there's not very many lights up there. Uh, I didn't, I wanted to make sure any deer running around, you know, would be forewarned and they'd see my lights and maybe they wouldn't, you know, run into me. As I'm coming around that oval and I'm approaching that stop sign, I'm about 100 feet away, I see something. I see a, at the stop sign, there was a small bicycle. And I can tell it wasn't an adult bicycle, it was a child's bicycle. And I saw a black creature, black colored creature. And as I'm getting closer, my lights, like I said, a half a million candle power here now, I'm lighting this thing up. And I'm going, my God, there's a big bear over there. I, I thought it was a black bear. As I'm getting closer and closer, and I'm thinking, bicycle, animal, it had something I could see in its right claw. And as I'm getting closer, I'm putting two and two together, and I'm saying, maybe that's not a bear. Because this thing was way bigger than any black bear I've ever seen or know about. Black bear generally go from five feet up to, well, in North Carolina, they had a, a large one that was 6'9". Um, my team and I had come across one that was 6'7". But generally, they'll go about 6'2". You know, and then we're, we're talking about New Jersey now. So I'm getting closer, and I see it has something in its paw. And I'm thinking bicycle, small bicycle child's bicycle maybe this thing attacked a human so i drove up on it and it's facing to its left i'm coming straight on at it it's facing this way and it's kind of bladed to me and it's totally ignoring all the lights that i'm hitting it with and as i get closer i, I finally i stop i'm approximately 30 feet away now if you ever measure 30 feet that's not too far yeah. Being being former mill and former police, my whole deal is to, you know, safeguard people, you know, to help them out if I can. And I thought a child had been injured by a bear. And as I'm getting closer and closer and I finally stop, I'm looking at this thing and it's way bigger than a bear. 
its head was about, oh God, I'd say about five, six inches lower than the stop sign. Uh, this thing is gigantic. I would say the next day I came back, I'll just run ahead a little bit. The next day I came back with a full team and we were fully jocked up. We had firearms with us and bear spray and everything. And we measured to where I, my I, I, where the top of this creature was. And it measured out to be seven feet, seven inches, you know, with a tape measure. Wow. Uh, anyway, getting back to that night, I stop, I, I leave my car on, leave the lights on. And I can't believe this thing is not even looking at me. It's paw went from below its knee up to its mouth. It took a bite and went back down and it's just looking off to its left side. Totally ignored me like I was insignificant. I got out of my Jeep. I left it running, left the lights on this thing. In my left hand, I had bear spray. I always carry at least two canisters of bear spray with me. And I had my 10 millimeter Glock because like I said, we had, we had just finished training and that's my personal weapon to take home. I got out. And I'm looking at this thing from 30 feet away. And even though I'm familiar with cryptozoology, to me, I, you know, I'm familiar with what a werewolf looks like. <laughs> but werewolves are generally the size of the human that they came from. You know, if there is such a thing as a werewolf. This thing was way, way bigger. If you've ever seen a bear in a zoo, like a grizzly bear or a brown bear, they're about eight feet tall. And we know when they stand up on their hind legs, this thing was bipedal. It was standing there on hind legs. It had black hair. It had claws, at least what I could see in the right hand, because it was dug into this piece of meat. And uh, it had ears, and the face looked like a wolf, only bigger. And I'm, I'm trying to get a, an idea of what's going on here. Is that a human? And I'm looking at it a little bit closer, and I could see that it was not human, what uh, at least a human body part that it had in its claw, because my lights are lighting it up and it's like a uh, a beige colored fur on it. No humans that I know have very beige colored fur. So I'm thinking maybe it was part of a deer. But this thing totally ignored me, Kevin. It, it totally, totally ignored me. Like I was insignificant. I wasn't going to shoot at it and I wasn't going to hit it with the bear spray unless it was going to threaten me. But it just stayed there. And this wasn't one of these encounters that took, you know, 10, 20 seconds. It was about a minute and six, a minute and 10 seconds long. So I'm watching this thing and I'm trying to figure out what the heck could this thing be. And I'm actually happy in my mind that it wasn't a human that it, it had attacked because I would have had to do something at that point. Long story short, it walked off. It walked off to its left. Never looked at me, never acknowledged that I was standing there, never acknowledged all the light. I mean, that was a lot of light that we were hitting it with. Yeah. And it just it just walked off. Now, some people told me, no, you you had a um you had a uh, psychotic type of uh you know event happen to you or because you were too tired. Uh some people said no, it was a paranormal spirit that you saw. I disagree. Paranormal spirits, ghosts, they don't need to eat. This yeah. thing bites out of that piece of deer, you know, that it had in its claw. Um, I could actually smell urine and blood emanating from this thing. Um, 
it actually, when it walked, it stepped on leaves and some twigs, and I actually heard it move. Now, here's something else that happened. As it moved off into the woods, I'm thinking, oh, maybe it wants to go around me, so I got to watch my six. Maybe I should get back in the Jeep. So I did. I got back in the Jeep. As I'm getting back in the Jeep, I see about 120 to maybe 140 feet off in the direction that this creature moved. And I later, it, it took me a few years to find out what it was, actually. I'll label it now, Dogman. Off about 120 to 140 feet in the sky was a bright orb, a white lit bright orb. So this is going to come into play years later when I did yeah. a um, I, I did a six month study of Sasquatch, Dogman, and UFOs that were spot, spotted all at the same time. So that's when that would come into play, but. So I saw an orb in the sky, like I said, when it left my area. And I got back in the Jeep, I'm looking around, looking behind me and everything. And that was it. I, I got out of there. I went home. Uh, the next morning, I went back to work and I grabbed a bunch of the guys over there. We told them what, what I saw, what, what happened. I said, look, I need you to come with me. We took a, two vehicles. We went to the spot. We checked the area. Uh, we found the rest of that deer. Uh, it it was maybe a uh, maybe a teenage deer. It wasn't really super big or anything like that, but it had its hindquarter ripped right off. Um, I also measured onto the stop sign, seven feet seven inches up with a tape measure, and I started checking out at the libraries to see what this thing could possibly be. Because like I said, no, no werewolf is, you know, seven plus feet tall. And I estimate that it, it was very muscular. And I estimate in my mind that it was about 650 pounds. Uh, I did not see a tail on this thing at all. Okay. So that, that got me on. I mean, I had already been studying cryptozoology, you know, Mothman, Chubacabra, Sasquatch, you know, like they call it in Canada or in the United States, Bigfoot, uh, any of the cryptids out there, the the Frogman, uh, Skunk Apes, you name it. I was trying to grab books on it, uh, trying to talk to people uh, throughout the, the country who might know something about it. I didn't belong to any organization at the time in 2013. And uh, I was sort of on my own and I just contacted other people who might know something about whatever. And um, I traveled the country, north, south, east, and west, in, in search of uh, different cryptids. And like I was telling you before the show, my thing is to prove or to disprove that they exist. Yeah. And I don't really care what other people think. I know what I saw on that night. And to me, that was a flesh and blood type creature. Uh, yeah, there have been thousands and thousands of report of Dogman over the years, over the decades. There's been maybe five times as many reports than Dogman reports about Sasquatch over the decades. I mean, is is it that all these people are lying and they they want their 15 minutes of fame? A lot of people don't even admit to seeing these things. A lot of people don't even get. Uh... <laughs> perpetuated into the media or anything like that when they tell their stories they're not 
making money off of their story or no. getting any kind of attention. They just they're just yeah. like telling people like you or 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 other people in their circle or something like that these stories and then they just get passed on. Well, like you, I didn't even know what this thing was and it took me close to 3 years to finally come across a book in an old bookstore cuz I I haunt all old bookstores. I I try to I search them out and doesn't matter what state I go to, I I always try to search out the old bookstores, the old libraries. I like to go to the old libraries and look at their microfilm and microfiche, you know, yep. on, on that little uh, projector thing. And you go through the newspaper articles. You wouldn't believe the stuff you find. Uh, like down in Texas, uh, in this old ratty library, the, the lady was thrilled. The librarian was thrilled that I asked for, for newspapers from the 1700s and the 1800s. And she she gave me all the um, the microfiche that they had. And I was going through it and I came across a picture of three guys with a, uh, with their, they're calling a Thunderbird. I mean, this thing was humongous uh, from wingtip to wingtip. I think they measured it. it was like 30 feet. So that would wow. mean you have 15 and 15 plus in the middle. This thing was dead and they had it. Um, then I came across on Facebook uh, years after that, I came across a, a group of men, I would say maybe 15 or 16 men, and they had a Thunderbird in front of a barn that was even larger. What? You know, I would say it was a good six to maybe 10 feet even larger than the one that these three guys had. But this was published in a newspaper. You know, when they, they had the flash, big flash bulbs that they would hit it with and the big cameras. Yeah. And that's way back when. Now, these people didn't try to make money you know, on Instagram or YouTube, you know, back then. And I, I mean, they probably didn't make a penny off of it, but they were so excited. They found something. So like I was saying, I've, I've traveled North, South, East and West, uh, South over to, over the Mexican border uh, back in 20, 2010 to, uh, to see a farmer, a farmer slash rancher who claimed to have shot a chubacabra. Um, I went up north, uh, Washington State, Oregon, into Canada. Uh, I haven't been in Alaska yet, but I will go there because there's a couple of really good things I want to check out uh, in search of Bigfoot. And like I said, in Canada, the Canadians get upset if you call it Bigfoot, so it's Sasquatch. Uh, <laughs> I, I've been down to uh, West Virginia, search of the Mothman. Up, uh, up, up the Maine in search of Dogman over there. Reports Moscow, Maine, uh, uh, New Jersey, the, my home state. Well, formerly my home state. I'm not there anymore. I'm in North Carolina now. Uh, in search of the Jersey Devil for six years. Six years. I was going down to the Pine Barrens, and there's like over a million acres over there in the Pine Barrens, and it's nasty area. You better put bug spray on and. And have uh, boots because it's it's just swamp, damp area. Uh, chemical companies used to dump their barrels of chemicals back there. Uh, I was in search of, you know, the the very elusive uh, cryptid that, that was down there. <coughs> uh, it's it's just a fun hobby, cryptozoology. It's just an absolutely a fun hobby. Yeah, and uh, I I continue to this day. I mean. I also study zoology. I don't know if you can see it behind me, but I've got 
yep. my zoology books there. I've got more, I got more below it, you know, over there and more under the, there. And I got a bookshelf over here full, <coughs> but I love going through the different States to the old bookstores, because if you could find one book that has one chapter on something out there that was reported back in the 17, 1800s, or even early 1900s, I mean, that, that's like gold. Mm. You know, because these people didn't have the internet back then. So there was no reason for them to BS something. Absolutely. Uh, I, I make no money off of this at all. I spend all my own personal funds to to travel around and, and to search these things out. And, you know, I started the International Dogman Project after uh, leaving another organization. Uh, and we have many states with chapters in it. We're in the UK. Uh, we're in the Nordic countries. Uh, we're going to be opening up chapters in uh, Australia and New Zealand this year. Uh, I mean, we're all excited about that. I mean, in my International Dogman Project USA, that's that's the main, main one, uh, I have approximately 57 people from Australia who are members. So, oh, wow. I mean, I can imagine if I can open it up over there. I also have a friend of mine who's uh, John. He's boot, he's boots on the ground. He's he always travels through the different uh, counties over there in Australia. I mean, practically everything in Australia wants to kill you once you're out there in the outback. Yeah, it does. Practically oh my everything. goodness. Um, I I follow a guy. I'm, I'm actually uh, kind of <laughs> sort of become friends with him a little bit. Um, he uh, has a YouTube channel and stuff, and he goes out and you know look, looks for Dogman because he had a Dogman encounter out in Australia there. So right. he's he's always uh, out there searching for it and stuff like that. So it's it's interesting. I've been hearing a lot a lot of stories out of Australia about uh, possible oh, yeah. Dogmans. Well, my buddy over there, John, he uh, he uses a uh, drone. And he's always upgrading the drone all the time, and he has a camera yeah. on it because when he's out there, you throw that drone up, it goes over the trees, and he can he can travel way further with that. And if he mm -hmm. sees something interesting, he'll bring the drone back and then walk in on it, you know, and swap batteries, of course. But he had an encounter when he was in a, um, I, I guess, a little, I don't want to call it a motorboat, but it had a motor on it. It was like like a dinghy type thing with a motor. And he was yeah. like, I guess he was going to go fishing or something. And uh, this wolf-like creature went into the water and started swimming towards him. Well, he, he kind of panicked. He, he ripped the cord on the, uh, on the motor and he took off. And this thing was actually gaining on him until the, until he started picking up a little head of steam there, you know? And uh, I mean, he went so he went about five miles down the river and had his wife pick him up because he wasn't going back that way to get his vehicle. Yeah, no. He was I like, no I... way am I going back there. He goes, this thing was swimming after me, and it looked like a giant wolf. Mm. So just just know, people, the dog man can swim. At least yeah. that's that's what has been reported to me. Oh, my goodness. I, I wouldn't have gone back for my car either. I would I. I talk about uh, it all the time on this show. When something scares me, I run, <laughs> you know, unless I have to, if I have to stand my ground, I will. But like yeah. usually nine times out of 10, if I don't have to stand my ground, I'm, I'm running as soon well, as I can. Well, that's why I have a lot of people throughout the country that I uh, correspond with, you know, either on Facebook messenger or on emails or they give me a call on the phone and I'll always tell them to preach safety, you know, 
Don't go out alone, number one. At least at least you and two other people. Uh, have the uh, Garmin GPS system or some other GPS system <coughs> where you can press that little orange button and, and get help for yourself. Uh, have a backpack, you know, with food and water in there and a first aid kit, very important. Uh, you're going out into the woods. You know, there's bugs in the summertime and when it's warm. If it's in the wintertime, you don't have to worry about that too much. But if it's the summertime, you really should protect yourself from ticks. Absolutely. Because, you know, you may not find a cryptid, but the cryptid may find you. And then what's what's your game plan? You know, or no cryptids. You don't find any cryptids, but you come across a bear, a brown bear or a grizz. Grizzly bear is extremely aggressive. And they can go from zero to 50 miles an hour in three seconds. Three seconds. Wow. Anybody can look this up on YouTube and you can see a, a grizzly bear chasing a deer. And this thing is moving. You know, I mean, just I, I would tell people, please go to a zoo. This way you'll recognize what's out there. So you won't mistake a, uh, a large black bear for a dog man. You know, because when they're standing up on their hind legs and they're sniffing around, you know, that snout might look like, you know, he's got his head up. That snout might look, oh, my God, it's a dog man because he does have ears. But the ears aren't as big as a dog man's ears and his snout isn't as long as one. And another thing is you want to recognize what you're looking at. Uh, a, a black bear has shorter arms. Dog man, his arms extend down past his knees. So you want to look, you know, know what you're looking at. But just getting back to safety again, I, I try to preach this to people. I tell them, don't just look down and don't look at your cell phone. Take a cell phone with you, yes, but make sure that you always look up because you never know what's in a tree. Mountain lions can jump 14 feet straight up from a dead stop into a tree and they will attack you if they're hungry. Uh, coyotes are out there. You have spiders. Besides ticks, you have spiders, you have snakes. What are you going to do? What happens if you fall You fall down and you, you break your leg and you're out there by yourself? I hope you have a decent first aid kit with you. I hope you have water. I hope you have signaling capability. Uh, another thing I tell people all the time is, and it's not that expensive, please get yourself a canister or two of bear spray because that'll work on a, a mountain lion as well as a bear. Uh, as well as other animals out there, coyote, wolf, you know, whatever's out there. At least you have something, you know. Otherwise, you're gonna, you know, you broke your leg and you're there and you're there and you know, what are you gonna do? You're just gonna give up and you're gonna die. <coughs> Let people know that you went out into the woods. By the way, yes, absolutely, um, absolutely. I mean, just, you wouldn't believe some of the reports I get from people. They'll tell me how they're out there, you know, searching the woods or searching areas uh, that they believe there's a dog man and the, the stuff that they bring with them is, is impossible when I, when I listen to them because one fellow in Canada, he, he swore he saw a dog man go into this old uh, abandoned building that had been abandoned for decades. It was, it was overgrown, you know, with all kinds of uh, leaves and, 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 and brush and everything. And, and he's telling me, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going in now. He was text messaging me from his phone and he uses his phone's flashlight, you know, as his only means of light. He had a half a bottle of water with him, you know, which is about eight ounces, no food, 
no nothing, you know, no nothing at all. And, um, you know, it was like, my God, you know, I, I feel bad for the guy. He's by himself. And I text message back to him. I said, are you by any chance that you did? Are you in touch with anybody out there? Or did you let anybody know you're, you're exploring? And his answer was no. <laughs> so, I mean, some of the stuff people do really scares me sometimes. I don't even go um, on a like a day hike f f without all that stuff. You know what I mean? Let yeah. alone go out cryptid hunting, which I haven't uh, done yet. But I, I think I'm gonna eventually with the uh, with uh, with Drew and Zook at some point. But oh yeah, um, those I, guys are good. Yeah, that they're they're uh, they're amazing. They become like really really good friends of mine. Uh, I met them at, at at Cryptid Con and stuff, and and we talked about. Um, you know, they talked about, um, you know, talking to you and, you know, all their hunts and, and stuff like that. And, yep. uh, this one guy came up to, to Drew and I and asked us if we were brothers because apparently we look oh, yeah. alike, I guess, <laughs> but Good old Drewski. Drewski they, and Zook. Yeah, Zook. they, they yep. crack me up. They're, they're funny. Um, but what's up guys. I am Oscar with induced fear. A paranormal podcast where we talk about all things paranormal, from cases involving demonic possession, alien abduction, and even cryptids. Or, you can hear people come on the show and share their own personal experiences with this paranormal world, such as somebody dealing with a red-eyed entity in their family home growing up, or somebody being cursed with crazy nightmares all throughout their life, or even a man who once saw what appeared to be a giant wolf walking across the street only for it to stand up on two legs and continue to walk away. We would love to have you all join us as we dive into this crazy unknown world asking questions and facing our fears. You can follow us on Instagram at Induced Fear Podcast or on any of the other socials just by searching Induced Fear. You can also email us at InducedFearPod at gmail.com if you want to come on the show and share your own personal experiences. We love having anybody on. Don't forget to share us with everyone you know. Peace. Yeah, so, so um, I wanted to, another question I wanted to ask you was what got you, like what sparked that interest into, you know, uh, researching cryptozoology? Well, my, my mom got me into the paranormal when I was like nine years old. She told me a story that happened to her, you know, um, she was with her mom and they were at a, uh, a graveyard couple miles away from where she lived when she was a, a little girl and uh, she bent down to pick up a flower and the their next door neighbor who had died that previous year appeared before her and she smiled at her and before my mother picked the flower the lady just looked down smiled at her and shook her head so my mom didn't pick the flower she went back a month later with my grandmother again to lay flowers at the different grave sites. And um, my mother once again went near the lady's grave and the lady appeared to her again, except wearing a different dress and in a different spot. She was near a tree this time. And my mom told me about that. And that guy piqued my interest in the paranormal. Yeah. So I instantly went out and I, I had my, actually I went out with my mom and, and we found a book by Hans Holzer. He's the original ghost hunter guy that wrote books about ghost hunting and stuff. 
And I devoured that book about 20 times. And uh, then I begged my mom to take me to the library. And I was taking out books about spirits and ghosts and out-of-body experiences and all that stuff. So I got involved in that. And mind you, I was like 12 years old. And then I kept doing that and, and figuring out, you know, I told, I brought a couple friends in on it. And we would go to old abandoned places, buildings and all that stuff and look through it. And as I got into high school, uh, there happened to be a club there about, about ghost hunting. So I joined that club and we would do all kinds of crazy things like go to um, an old graveyard and we would go from west to east at 12 midnight because it was said that nobody could walk through the graveyard without something happening to them. Oh, and wow. Yeah, and, and I'm like, I don't think so. Everybody's dead in this place. You know, I was like 16 years old at the time, and I'm like, nah, nothing's going to hurt me. So I was first up. I walked from one end to the next. Nothing happened. Walked, from, walked all the way back, and everybody was like, are you okay? Yeah, I'm okay. So then a couple more people from the team went and did it, you know, mind you, we're 16, 17 years old. And we're like, no, nothing happened. It was really quiet. Then we used to go to houses that were purported to have uh, cold spots. The thing is, we disproved it all. Because a lot of times the cold spots only came from like holes in a, in a closet that went all the way up to the roof, you know, in the ceiling. And there was a hole in the roof. And that was the reason why it was a cold spot. And... Uh, oh, there's ghosts running through this this old library. Well, it wasn't ghosts running through it. It happened to be people, when they would come by from the street, they would drive by with their uh, vehicles. They didn't notice that the angle, when they drove, the light would hit the different... You see, it was the, the porch with glass on it, and then you had the windows off the porch into the library, and then... In the library, they had more glass stuff, so it looked like there was something dancing with lights inside. You know, so, I mean, all these things, it, it just disillusioned me because we were proving all this stuff to be just BS. And um, my mom also had brought me to the library one time and pointed out the Yeti and the Loch Ness Monster books. She goes, maybe you want to read that stuff. So I picked them up, and I got really interested. I love the Yeti. I mean, that thing, the him, you know, the... Uh, the, the Loch Ness Monster, the Yeti being up in the Himalayas and everything, the, the Abominable Snowman, they called it. Yeah. Uh, then Champs up in Canada area. I mean, they had all these other things. Uh, I even got a uh, a short book on the Mongolian Death Worm. I mean, that was that was crazy. Well, what then, is the Mongolian Death Worm? Please tell me about that. Yeah. What you know about that? <laughs> well, it's it's over in in the Mongo in Mongolia, first of all. Okay, <laughs> and. Way back when, when they had these different fiefdoms, uh, people would travel through the desert to go to towns to sell their wares, and they would have a wagon, and a wagon would be pulled by a mule, or if, if they had the money, it would be pulled by a horse. And what happened was uh, some of the people, they would go to the local uh, baron and report that my, my horse and my wagon got sucked into a hole. And, and all my goods are gone. What are you going to do about it? You're supposed to protect us. And uh, this, this went on and on. And people are actually reporting it to the, the local authorities over there in Mongolia. 
And per, supposedly, this this worm was of a reddish color. Uh, it, it ranged anywhere from five feet long, about 12 to 16 inches in diameter, and it would pop up out of the sand, and it would grab the horse. I mean, this thing must have been super strong. You know, any, oh, anyway, from five feet to 20 feet was the, it was the length that they reported it. And it would pop up out of the sand, grab the horse, and pull it down into the hole. You know, and the wagon behind them would go in with it. You know, and the people were all upset. You know, and it wasn't just one or two reports that it, because we, my, my partner, Jay Fountain, and um, our other partner, Gary Spikes Jr., we did a show on this. Uh, I believe last year as one of the odd cryptids. Uh, it's a podcast and it's on YouTube if you look it up. And uh, we did a we did a whole hour and a half show on this thing because when we investigated it separately, we each found information about it. You know, and I and I found out a bunch of information where it was reported and it was recorded in people's diaries because people kept diaries back then. You know what happened to them or what happened to my friend and. Uh, avoid this this trailway going to the town because the death worm is out there. I mean, it's just cryptozoology. It's Kevin, I'm telling you, it's just so so interesting. It is. It really is because I started out with the paranormal stuff too. Because I've experienced paranormal um, occurrences my entire life, and that's what really got me into the um, to this doing this podcast and talking to people about their experiences and whatnot. And then um, I think, like I told you uh, before we started recording, or maybe early on when, or in the beginning of the recording, you know, it was like 2020. I started listening to podcasts because I I started uh, a driving job where I was driving, you know, most uh-huh. of the time, and, uh, and the radio just was the radio got to to be too much, so I I ter- was turned on to podcasts. And, you know, I started with Joe Rogan and then I got into conspiracy podcasts and then I got into paranormal and I was like, you know, I've had all these paranormal experiences. I want to talk to people about paranormal stuff. Yeah. And then um, so that kind of like spawned the idea for the show. But as I'm listening to the paranormal stuff, because really cryptids are technically or has have been described as of like a paranormal creature of some kind. Right. Um, so you know, paranormal goes along with a lot of this stuff. So I started getting into cryptids and, you know, I've always been interested in aliens my entire life too. And unsolved mysteries was, is the culprit for that unsolved mysteries and goosebumps, goosebumps. Uh, books. <laughs> um, did you ever listen to uh, art bell? What's that? You might be, too, you might be too young for this, but there was a, um, a radio talk show host named art bell b-e-l-l yeah yeah um i've heard of him i was i didn't didn't hear of him until like probably a couple months ago so the guy is he well he's passed away now but yeah in in his time i mean that was the show to listen to he was fantastic yeah absolutely fantastic to listen to and he kept me awake uh when i was on the road you know driving around on patrol or whatever and uh you know, for hours on end, the guy was fantastic. Yeah. Um, I think, I don't know if somebody took over his show because my dad listens to a show that's similar to his on the radio. Uh-huh. Um, so I want, I, I don't know if somebody kind of like took over, but my dad's like, because uh, my dad knows about the podcast and stuff like that. 
and he mm. knows a little bit about some of my experiences. I've never really told him, um, but I most of I think I only experienced my first experience of uh, the paranormal. He was right there, but I never told him about it. Um, right. But yeah, no, he's like, uh, you, he's like, you got to listen to this show. They talk about aliens and and UFOs and uh, ghosts and stuff. And he gave me the, I can't remember the uh, channel now, but I, I feel like it'd probably be, if it's like a, you know, international radio, I'm sure it's different um, stations for each state and country and whatnot. But, um, but yeah. Well, you being up in Maine, you're near Canada. So maybe it's one of those shows for, that, that are coming out of Canada. Maybe. Yeah, you know, because they do have a they do have a couple of uh of of shows that they do run, and they're in the area. I was on a couple of those shows. I don't know if they want me to mention who they are, but uh, yeah, you'd be able to pull it in from there. Oh, okay. Um, now, did you, you did you yourself ever have like a paranormal experience? Mm, no paranormal experience. The only no. thing I ever saw was. I was, I did have the encounter with a dog man. Yep. And like I said, I don't care what other people say. I do know what I've seen. Yep. And uh, I went out in search of, I get a lot of reports. In the beginning, it was maybe five or 10 reports uh, a week. Uh, nowadays, it's upwards to like 45 reports a week that people reported to me. Oh, wow. If we find, if we find it's, I try to do like we're doing right now. I try to get the people on video and interview them. If not, I, I will try to get them on the phone. Uh, if I can't, if they're close enough or I'm going to be in the area, I go and talk to them face to face. That is if they will do it. Uh, I tell them it's a no judgment ju zone. You know, I'm not going to make fun at you. I mean, I know, you know, a lot of people don't want to tell their experiences out there because after all, who's going to want to hire somebody that says they saw a Sasquatch running around in their backyard or, or a dog man or a moth man? Uh, you know, a lot of people don't believe in that and they think you're crazy. Yes, that's uh, true. Myself, personally, I do know what I saw and I'm not backing down from that. I know what I saw and I've spoken to other people and I know the little nuances about what I saw and about this creature and I'll listen to them. And they'll tell me, you know, what they saw, how they felt, this, that, and the other thing. And, you know, I can judge. Is it, were they? I mean, this is my opinion only, of course. But did they really have an encounter? Did they really have a sighting? Uh, up in Pennsylvania, uh, I took a team there late last year twice. Because this same T intersection, people have been reporting to me. At one point in a one week's time, five different subjects reported seeing a dog man run from one cornfield to the next and they had to cross the same road wow. i interviewed these people all separately and they did not know each other at least they didn't admit to it um and months before that i had the same thing happen with three different individuals and um some of the people that reported it was a husband and wife team uh like i said i talked to them and we went there i took a team down there both times now, what I did find was I found uh, footprints, bipedal footprints. Now, mind you, Dogman generally is bipedal. He can get down on all fours, but it's generally bipedal. And what we found was the uh, footprints in the snow. I couldn't make casts of it, though. And, and here I thought I was being cool. 
I brought down this foam that you shoot uh, between the cracks in your foundation and the walls, and it, and then it hardens and everything. I figured, all right, I can make a you know prints with this in the snow, and it didn't work. Uh, <laughs> what we did find also on some of the trees, we found claw marks. Now people are going to say, oh, it's probably a bear claw mark. Well, no, a, a black bear's claw marks are about as big as my hand. They're small in in that Pennsylvania area. Anyway, that's what they had is the black bear. Now, if it was a black bear, I'd be able to tell the difference. I study zoology and I study the different prints, the different claw marks that are left on trees and, you know, from, from mountain lions to uh to coyotes, to wolves, to, to bears, to you name it. We, I, I try to study it because when I'm out there, I want to be able to identify it. The claw marks we found were five claw marks on this tree, and it went up for a couple of uh, couple of feet, and it was spread apart. Now a brown, uh, a, a black bear is going to be this big. This thing was spread apart more than my fingers when I'm spreading my fingers. And the claw marks were wide. As far as I know, bears don't generally do that. They cup, they cup their claws and they and they they climb up. Yeah. So I mean, we that we did find. We didn't find the dog man, and we did. We went there twice. Um, both times we brought two gators with us. Uh, a gator is a, a six wheel vehicle, yep. you know. And uh, we were traveling around in the snow. We we covered a lot of area. Uh, we did, like I said, we did find the prints. Couldn't make any uh, castings of it, but we did find the uh, the claw marks and we did take pictures of it. Uh, did not find Dogman up there, but it was just above the Pocono area in Pennsylvania. Just above where the Poconos ends is where we found it. Wow. So, I mean, you know, I'll interview people all the time because I'm getting calls or emails or Facebook messages about things that people have found. And mind you, some people call up just to, just to be funny or just to be heard or see if they can uh, put one over on you. Um, my buddy Jay Fountain and I, we interviewed this person uh, late last week and all they could, could say was, uh, uh, Oh, are, are we going to, are we going to be on, uh, on YouTube? Are we going to be on YouTube? Is the camera rolling? Is the camera rolling? Well, unfortunately uh, Jay couldn't get the camera to roll from his section to record. So what we had to do is by voice. And this person was telling us stuff that we knew was not true. Absolutely not true about Dogman. And then they went in, into saying, yeah, and I'm, I'm also friends with Sasquatch. And I'm like, okay. And no, they were, we can tell when you're BSing us, believe me. We'll do a, a straight up interview and we will ask the questions that need to be asked. And if you'll answer them, then we can tell. And we just had to cut it short because this person was just BSing us. Um, Late last year, we had a uh, a fellow who worked at an airport in California, a private airport, and he got us on the phone, and he was talking to us about dogman sightings, and he was reporting 12, 10 to twelve foot dogmen, uh, oh. and like I said to you, like I said to you, usually they're under eight feet, mm. they're in the sevens. And at least that's all the research that I've done has, has told me and, and anybody I've spoken to, same thing. So uh, long story short, he said they're 10 to 12 feet and there was 60 or more of them running down the, the airport runway that he was working as a security guard Holy at. Holy cow. 
not only is that big, that's a lot. <laughs> yeah, and well, my BS monitor came up and the alarm went off and we were like, uh, well, we're having a little trouble hearing you, Joe, so I guess we're going to have to cut this one short. You know, I mean, some of the stuff people try to, you know, pass over on you. As a matter of fact, Moscow, Maine, where I went to to search out a Dogman report up there with one of my uh, members, who was the he was in, he's the director of the uh, the Maine IDP at the time. Uh, we went up there and we met with him, and when we left, his neighbor from down the road, uh, a young young teenager guy, seventeen years old. He came over saying that you got to help me. You got to help me. He goes, I, um, a wolf like creature looked in my kitchen window and his kitchen window was six feet off the ground. <coughs> and this thing's, this thing's chest came up to the windowsill. And so this thing was about seven feet and he was telling him how, it, how it was scratching on the window and trying to get in. And when he went to get his shotgun, it ran away. And, uh, you know, he told him then, and then it came back the next day. He goes, please help me. And we, he found out my member from up there, he found out that this guy was just busting his chops. Oh, he was shit. just trying to, trying to get a rise out of him just to get him to come up there and investigate around and watch him, you know, watch him chase his tail up there. I mean, things like that. That's the reason why I will interview people on a video cam or on a telephone or even in person, because I want to find out if what they're telling me is for real. I'm yeah. not going to bring out a full team. I mean, because you know how much it costs to tra just to board seven guys, you know, and, and feed them and yeah. have them all come out there. I mean, it, that, that costs a lot of money. So we basically will go out for the ones that we feel that are real. You know, sometimes we'll send out an expeditionary team of three guys and, you know, see what we have out there. But generally, if we're going to go into a wooded area and – Kevin, by wooded area, I mean, I don't mean go 100 feet, 200 feet in. Sometimes we'll go 15, 20, 25 miles in, you know, wow. and we'll stay overnight. And uh, that's the reason why we do have the uh, GPS Garmin trackers. Makes sense. You know, so just in case. Yeah. You know, um, I want, I definitely, I, I think I want to um, go at least on one cryptid hunt have you ever done any like field research out in canada like i know because i know like the nahani Val valley area has a lot uh -huh. of weird stories and i'm Wahila. interested yeah i'm i'm interested in going out there, there. So. the Nahani indians know about that yeah um <clears throat> but yeah so have you ever ventured i think you said you kind of gone into canada but um i went into canada i, I went in with uh Two other members of my team that I work with, uh, because we couldn't get get more people to go at the time, and we met up with a group of uh, Sasquatch hunters up there. Okay, and they were in search of because they had gotten reports, and that's who we got the report from in the first place. And I wanted to—I've never seen a Sasquatch or a Bigfoot myself, mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. um, I really wanted to see if, if I could possibly get a gander or one because these things are supposed to be phenomenal. I mean, eight feet, 10 feet, possibly 15 feet tall, some of them. Um, I, you know, so we were out there. We were out there a good four days. Never got to see one. However, at nighttime, when we were camping out, we did hear tree knocks. Oh, okay. And what we did was the next morning, as soon as the sun came up, 
we noted the direction, we went into that direction of the tree knocks, and we found uh, a couple of the trees over there with the bark kind of worn away a little bit as if something had been hitting it. And we did find a couple of uh, very thick, large tree branches in that area, right where that tree was marred. Now, something I wanna note, it was nine feet off the ground where the marring happened on the tree. Oh, wow. So, I mean, that was the tree, we heard tree knocks. It wasn't close, but, you know, within, within maybe a mile of where we were camped out. Um, no, no vocal sounds though, but the tree knocks were, were, were pretty awesome. That is, that is pretty cool. Um, I did a ghost invest, I did a ghost investigation out in the Bridgewater Triangle, uh, back in October and we got, oh, nice. we started getting like a Bigfoot and Dogman stuff out of the spirit box. Um, uh -huh. and it was telling us to look out or to get out of the way and stuff. And, and I was like, I was hoping to get uh tree knocks, but I don't think we ever heard anything. So, but it would have been amazing if not only the spirit box was telling us that Bigfoot was in the area, but there was also tree right. knocks. That would have been amazing. Um, well, we were looking for also Kevin was, um, a lot of, a lot of reports and there's a lot of photos of it of trees that were taken out of the ground and then shoved into the ground with their roots sticking upside down. And I also, I was also hoping to see the, um, the, the, uh, Sasquatch teepees that, that they, that are, that are pretty prevalent. Yeah. And in my research and in speaking to a lot of Sasquatch researchers, uh, what I gather is from them, if you're in an area where the trees are upside down and in, I mean, that thing must have been super strong, number right. one, to do that. Number two, that's a warning. Stay away. Uh, I guess it's a warning not to us, but to other Sasquatch in the area or other Sasquatch families coming through there. I always wonder what that meant. Now, the teepees, from what I, I gather from research, from just from my reading and from speaking to other, other researchers out there, what they say is that the teepees mean... It's a good area for food and water and for shelter. Because obviously those teepees that they make are not going to protect you from squat. You know, I mean, right. there's, you go right through. So just trying to learn some of this stuff about the different cryptids out there and what they do, you know, it's pretty darn interesting. Yeah. And you, you know, you, you feel fulfilled in a way too, because you're like, wow, I never knew that. All right. So, so that's what it means. Yeah. That's pretty cool. That is really cool. <laughs> Um, now I also wanted to, uh, ask, have you, did you ever witness anything like strange in any kind of way, um, that could attribute to like, you know, aliens, cryptids, paranormal while you were on patrol at all? The only, like I said, on that night, <coughs> excuse me, just getting over a cold here. <laughs> That's okay. Um, on that night that I had the encounter with the dog man, yeah. uh, about 120, 140 feet off in the direction that it traveled, I did see a, a white orb. Now, a lot of times when we're out there in a wooded area, and like I said, we'll travel up to like 20, 25 miles into a wooded area that's, you know, maybe a million, million and a half acres, you know, large. Um, and when you're camping out over there, you hear the strangest things, but 
when you think about it, it or maybe somebody has, has heard it before, uh, they'll say, well, that, that's, a, that's actually a coyote, you know, or that's actually a mountain lion making that noise, um, a roar, you know, oh, God, there's a Sasquatch. No, 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 that, that's, that's a bear. And uh, a lot of times when we're out there, like we were in Oklahoma and we saw a light traveling like super fast from one end of the sky to the next. And it wasn't far up. You know, I mean, what I'm saying is that maybe it was maybe 20 miles up, yeah. you know, from where we're from, from the ground. And this thing was just like flying across. And uh, we, we hit our thermals on it. And uh, some of the guys whipped up, you know, night, night vision and uh, binoculars on it. And uh, the thing was just traveling so fast. But you, we, we couldn't figure out if it was a unidentified flying object, you know, an alien ship or maybe an F-35, you know, hitting, hitting supersonic speeds. Yeah. Because, I mean, when they're traveling that low, things look faster. When they're, when they're up higher... They look slower, right? But but whatever this thing was that night in Oklahoma, I'm going to tell you, it was moving. But then again, we do have Air Force bases. We we do have technology that's you know creeping up there all the time, you know, and advancements being made that you don't know what it is. Right. I've heard, I heard that um, that our government. It, with technology is like 50 years advanced from the technology on the street. That's, that's very true. Very okay. true. From, from what I, from what I uh, have found out, I mean, being connected with the government in the past and still being connected via friends who can actually, you know, talk about certain things. I mean, we've all had to sign non-disclosure agreements at one time or another, but, they can talk about things that are going to be coming out and it's, and if their non-disclosure agreement is up, well, they can talk about it then. And like you said, back in the forties, we had phenomenal technology that, that they were developing. And, and as you can see, I mean, things like the F-35 jet. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's uh, coated with a uh, stealth coating and, and the, the speed is phenomenal. The maneuverability is phenomenal. Uh, I mean, we have one jet, the, the Falcon, and now that's that's old news by now. But the Falcon used to be able to, to fly like this, super fast, and then sh go straight up. I mean, if you ever seen it go like this, you'd be wondering, how the heck could it do that? You know, and it, it's like, wow, so where did the technology come from? They had this way, way back when. All yeah. they had to do was develop the metals to be able to hold that that airplane, that jet together, you know, because the G-forces on that thing are phenomenal. Mm. And, and the way they shaped it and everything. So, you know, that's why we're seeing a lot of this stuff come out now. I mean, we even have helicopters that have that stealth uh, paint on it, you know, and you can barely hear some of them. They'll have the double rotors, you know, one on top of another, so it'll be a lot more quiet. And the pitch of the rotors make it a lot faster and, and almost silent. So mm -hmm. I mean, they're they're coming out with stuff every day, every literally every day. Wow, wow. Hello, my friends. My name's Naomi, and I am the host of Weird Mythic Podcast. It is a podcast all about that strange and unusual things 
that are not easily explained in this world. We talk a lot about cryptids, everything from the bunyip all the way to Bigfoot, Puckwidgies, Thunderbirds, you name it, I'll cover it. <laughs> Go ahead and listen to Weird Mythic Podcast anywhere you get your podcast fix. I hope you tune in soon. Uh, that's amazing. Now, um, you said that you, uh, early, I think it was before we started recording, but regardless, you said that you were contracted um, through the government or entity of some kind. Um, now, I I don't know. Um, so I, I'll so I'll just ask it this way. So Drew had uh, when uh, Drew was talking to me about you, he had said that you were contracted as a team as that they called the critter hitters. Um, and I wanted to ask you about that. <laughs> no, we, we don't go out looking to kill anything. And, uh, that was a name that a member, uh, threw on us. We, we, oh, okay. that, that wasn't our name or anything. Uh, uh, I work for a private military contractor and the guys I go out, uh, see as a training officer, I'm able to get funds yeah. to help get the guys trained. Now, if they need to get trained in a uh, desert area, we'll go out in uh, Nevada or the Arizona desert or in the Texas desert. They need need training in a uh, you know wooded area. We'll go Oklahoma and uh, Arkansas, you know, stuff like that, and we'll go into the wooded areas. So I'm able if I get a report that just happens to be in Arkansas, like we did get one one time from a uh, big golf club up there. They had they had a little problem with the cryptids. Uh, we were able to go up there and we were able to solve their problem. Uh, we never went head to head with the cryptids, but what we did was uh, we had them get us canisters. Just just picture coffee cans full of uh, red cayenne pepper. And what we did was we spread it out in certain areas and we kept spreading it out further and further away from the golf course area. And I believe we kind of pushed their uh, cryptid problem away from them because they were having a big problem and they didn't want their members who were paying thousands of dollars a year to belong to this golf country club, you know, to get scared away and uh, get, they'd have to get closed down. Yeah. So that was, that was a, that was a trip and an adventure in itself. I'll tell you, but we got training in to do that and we helped them out at the same time. Nice. <coughs> amazing. Um, so are you guys bringing on, new members currently like so what's the process of um if you are bringing on new members for the international dogman um and what is the process well if someone wants to join us they just have to answer a couple of questions we're based on facebook and uh we've got the idp usa which is the main main body of work for facebook uh, that's our main site. And then we have IDP Southwest, IDP Northwest. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so you can join those. And then we have uh, IDP Oklahoma, IDP West Virginia, Ohio, New York, Maine. Maine's one of our biggest ones. IDP Maine is, is one of our biggest and, and up and coming. You know, all you got to do is just click in that you want to join. There's like a few questions that we ask you to answer. Because uh, we'd like, if you're going to join, that you join either to enjoy the stories that are posted and uh, get entertained by it, 
or get information from it that we post. Mm-hmm. You know, you can you can do things like that. And we just don't want people to, you know, cause a problem on there. That's why we ask certain questions. Okay. And we ask you if you're going to agree to it. If if not, then you know, maybe you shouldn't join. You know, we're we're not looking for a for a battle or for a fight. Absolutely. You know, and we're not looking for you to judge other people. If somebody comes on there and says, I, I saw what looked like to me to be a dog man. Uh, it, it stole uh, one of my goats from the backyard. I uh, came back the next day and, and tore up some of the chickens. And I, I fired at it and it ran away. And then you'll have people going on there criticizing them. Oh, I don't think you saw a dog man. You, you probably saw a wolf. Well, they, they come back and they say, well, it was on two legs. And this thing was over seven feet tall. I know it was because it was standing next to my barn. And my barn is eight feet tall at the top of the, the roof. And, uh, you know, and this thing looked like a wolf. And it, it had, you know, three inches of hair and it had claws. And, you know, they'll, they'll give the whole description of it and people mock on them. Well, we don't allow that. We don't allow that. We will, we will tell the person that's doing the mocking, uh, you know, if you don't accept what they have to say, well, then why say anything at all? Just say that, look, I disagree with you and leave it at that. But some people get off on mocking on people. And that's why a lot of people don't want to come out and say, hey, I saw a Sasquatch. Hey, I saw a Dogman. I saw a Mothman. I saw this. I saw that. Okay. Well, maybe that is what you saw, you know, but, you know, it's not up to that other person to try to disprove it, you know, and, and mock on you and, and everything and say, no, you didn't see that. Well, you you thought you saw that, and that's what you're reporting. Absolutely, you know? yeah. There's no reason for somebody to, to get down on you, especially if you're a member of our group. And we state right in the bylaws, you know, no aggressiveness, no no cursing, no 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 mocking on your fellow members. You accept what they have to say, just agree or disagree, say why, say why not, and just leave it at that. You don't have to have an argument, a running argument about it. Or anything like that. We're we're trying to uh, we're trying to discover something here. We're trying to put together information from all the different sites to see if we can get a handle on what this thing really is. And maybe someday somebody will be lucky enough. Somebody will be lucky enough to to snap a real solid, clear picture of it, or a Sasquatch, or some other cryptid, <coughs> and you know we'll start from there. Yeah. You know, or we'll find one that's that's maybe dead in the woods. Who knows? <coughs> yes. Um I I am hoping that I'm alive when that happens, but you know, uh there's a good chance that I won't be. Um and that's okay. Uh but do you think what do you, a lot of people seem to think that there's two camps, either you know, Dogman, Sasquatch, and all these cryptid creatures are flesh and blood. And then there's a camp where they're like, they're they're paranormal. Um, I like to think of um, as kind of like both. But I, I wanted to, I was wondering what you would consider them to be, either flesh and blood, paranormal, or are they both? Well, in order to do this, this research that I do, I, I consider myself a 14 researcher. Mm-hmm. And a uh, a boots on the ground, I hate to say it because that's a military term, but boots on the ground field investigator. I will investigate things in the field where these things are seen. And when you, you really have to think outside the box because 
physicists have said that there's 11 different dimensions, number one. Yep. Uh, people have seen alien ships in the sky, number two. The U.S. government came out and, and, uh, and almost fully admitted to it. All right, so could these things be, like I said, thinking outside the box now, could these things be alien creatures, you know, that came from a spaceship down here on Earth? Could they be pets of the aliens and they put them down here? Could they be forward soldiers of the aliens? Uh, and like I just said before, that physicists have, have proven that there's 11 different dimensions. How do we know that they don't come out of a portal? And they come down here, and in which case they, they take on a more solid form, you know. And people say, "Oh, when you see a Sasquatch and then it moves, suddenly it's opaque, and you can see right through it, and then it disappears." How do you know it didn't go through a portal? That's another uh, part of thinking. Now, Native Americans have been talking about, and it's written down, and they have it uh, drawn pictures in caves and everything of Dogman. Uh, their lore says that Dogman protects their graveyards, you know, the, the dead Native American Indians. Uh, as a matter of fact, uh, back in the, God, in early 1700s, trappers who kept diaries or logs, you know, spoke about these Dogmen. And when they spoke to the Native Americans or traded with them, the Native Americans warned them, don't go to the graveyards. Or anything because that's where the dogmen are. Uh, late late 1700s up in Michigan, two loggers who were left behind by the by their crew to to fix up whatever their equipment for the next day next day's work. Uh, a dogman came after them. You know, so that was reported back in the late 1700s. I believe it was 1780s. Uh, so, I mean, it's it's gone back a long, long ways. And the Native Americans have reported about these things. Uh, just like the Thunderbirds, the Native Americans, I mean, that's that's a big thing with them. They're, they don't fear the Thunderbird. They think Thunderbirds are good luck, yep. uh, as a matter of fact. And they've they've uh, drawn pictures in caves and on the sides of, of cliffs, you know, mountains and everything of the Thunderbirds. So, I mean, these cryptids, Dogman included, have been reported for a long, long time. Uh, back in Egypt, you have a dogman-looking type of uh, of creature with statues dedicated to it. You know, it looks like a jackal, actually. Yeah. But then again, there's like seven different types of dogman, and uh, one of them looks like a hyena. You know, most of them look like uh, a wolf or a German shepherd or a doverman. Uh, one even looks like a Sasquatch. It may very well be a Sasquatch instead of a Dogman, but that was thrown in there. So, I mean, when you think about these things, you got to think, you know, what is it? In my case, I believe it was flesh and blood. But if it's from another dimension, it could have disappeared, you know, in a portal. Or when I saw that bright orb in the sky, maybe it got beamed up. I don't know. Maybe it did. Maybe it didn't. Maybe that was just coincidence. So we really don't know yet. Uh, as much as many courses as I've taken on cryptozoology, uh, and I also study zoology because you have to know what real animals look like before you can identify a cryptid. True. Um, as much knowledge as I have on that, many people as I speak to, many books have I've read. I'm no expert. There are no experts in cryptozoology. 
You know, there, there's no such thing. It's just that maybe I might know a little bit more about than the next guy. That's basically it because I'm in contact with a lot of people. Yeah. A lot of people every day, Monday through Sunday. It doesn't stop. Nice. Um, so with that, um, are you finding fulfillment in everything that you're doing? Like all, all this stuff and all that? Well, Kevin, I got to tell you, it's really great meeting a lot of people out there who are in the field. You got a lot of nice people out there. Yeah. Uh, you do have a bunch of charlatans out there who BS things and they try to make money off of it. Uh, I just try to avoid them. I don't try to argue with them or talk to them. I just, you want to say bad things about me? All good and fine. I'm not going to respond to you. You know, I do my thing. You do your thing. I find fulfillment in it because it's a hobby of mine. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting. Yeah. I mean, there are so many different cryptids out there <coughs> that, I, I mean, just phenomenal, you know, reading about them and learning about them and speaking to people. I mean, I've, I've met people in, in almost all the states in the United States. Uh, haven't been to Hawaii yet to talk about it, anything out there, what they might have. Uh, but, and one day I, I, I'd like to go up to Alaska. Yep. To that town that was, uh, you know, totally decimated by Sasquatch. Uh, and it's just, you know, an empty town now. If you ever go, uh, I'll so go with you. I'd love to go up there. Absolutely <laughs> would love to go up there and find out what that is. Uh, we don't even need a passport or anything. You just get on a boat and you travel over there and you take your weapons with you because you're going from the United States into the United States. Yeah. You know, and you Absolutely. better have a weapon with you because... Uh, Alaska, well, the Alaskan authorities and politicians tell everybody to uh, make sure that you are armed, you know, and yeah. it's not just because of cryptids or bears or anything. It's because of bad guys, you know. I mean, the, the state police are down in, I think, 20 percent, you know, in, in their membership. So, wow, you know, they're, they're encouraging people to carry firearms. But it's just it's fulfilling to me and it's just interesting. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm, I'm reading all these books all the time on. I used to say I'm 27 books behind. I've got a stack of books. Then I got a Kindle. So now I got them on the Kindle. So if I, every time I read like two or three books a week, and then I find some more that I want to get that seem interesting. And not only do I do it with the cryptids, but I do also go into the paranormal. I read about that. I also read my zoology books because I'm, I'm doing a master's course in zoology. And a big thing, which is even bigger than cryptozoology, is UFOology. You know how many books there are out there on UFOs? So much. Oh, God. <laughs> I mean, geez, I mean, I just got hooked on this one series, The Blue Planet Earth. And, um, I mean, there must be like 21 different books in it. And he's got audios. You can't buy the books, but you can get the audios. I mean, I'm just trying to learn about everything. You know, also when I'm out in the field, not only do I have firearms and bear spray and and I've got these uh, flashbang, uh, electric flashbangs. They're, they emit 1,200 uh, lumens of flashing light and they have a piercing 165 decibel sound to them. And I carry two of those. And in fact, all the guys carry two because if something's coming at us, even if it's a mountain lion, if I throw that, that's going to, that's going to mess up with their ears, you know, because animals can hear better than humans. Mm -hmm. And also the flashing light might, you know, distract them in, in order to get us enough time to maybe aim at them because I'm not out there to kill anything, but also I want to go home 
at the end of the day. So you're allowed to protect yourself. We're not out there hunting, but we're allowed to protect. But what I wanted to mention to you also is just in case it is a supernatural thing, I have sage with me. I have black salt, white salt. I have holy water, uh, you know, in a, in a, in a high powered water pistol. You never know. You never know. Because I mean, if, if bullets don't work, bear spray doesn't work. Well, Maybe the holy water might work. You don't yeah. know. No, you never know. There's something, something out there is evil. It may be really evil. It might be a demon for real. Yeah. Now we're going into the paranormal. Yeah. So I don't know what it is. We also have uh, shotguns that several of us carry. And uh, we have um, pepper salt in there. So, you know, salt, pepper, and we'll we'll fire that out there. The... Um, the salt pepper is one thing, and the pepper salt is another. The pepper salt has uh, has uh, oleoresin capsicum in it. It's like what's in bear spray. So depending on what load we need, that's what we'll have in it. Nice. Nice, man. So safety first. Sa- safety first and, and kind of have fun a little bit, too, is what it, what it sounds there you go. like. That's exactly what I was thinking. One second, and, uh, and see if you could find something out out there. Because if you can, yeah. maybe we could all come together and put something together and figure out what it is. Um, on a show that I was on about two and a half years ago, I was asked, uh, do you think the government will ever come out, you know, with the secrets? And I said, yeah, in about three years. And as you can see, just in the past few months, they did come out with a few things. Yep. So little by little there, there, they are coming out with, you know, what they know. Yep. Yep. And, um, I hope, uh, I, I hope that people take it a little bit serious because you know it's there's a, a distrust there for you know for our government, um, which is rightfully so. I mean, I I'm one of them, um, and it's mainly like the the politicians um, that I distrust. But I would hope that um, when they do come out with you know something salt like of the like cryptids and stuff like this. Um, I would hope that they present like solid evidence because when they were talking about uh, the aliens and stuff, they didn't present us with um, any like solid evidence. They just said it. You know what I mean? They're like, yes, we've we right. we we have uh, alien aircrafts and and beings in our possession. You know, um, and it's funny too because nobody batted an eye. Everybody's just like, oh, that's crazy. Hey, did you hear what the government <laughs> people said? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> hey, did you hear this? They said the aliens are real. Oh, no shit. <laughs> <That's funny. laughs> Everybody's just like, yeah, whatever. Um, but yeah, it'd be, I would love to, um, for that to, to happen. And what you said that two years ago. So we got another year and a half or so, I think. Yeah, about that, about, that, about another year or less. And, I'm I'm believing that they're going to really come out and, you know, talk about a lot of the things that happened out there. You know, like uh, people that have gone missing. uh, It's not just from uh, the the human sex trade, you know, people being abducted for that. Uh, Possibly it was done because of a cryptid. You know, possibly it was a person that went a little too far and a Bigfoot took him out. You know, and they ate them. Yeah. Or a dog man grabbed one and tore them apart and ate them. Yeah. You know, I mean, there's there's a lot of things out there when you're in a, in a forested area. And uh, one of these days they're going to come out with it and say, okay, this is what we have. 
Yeah. The uh, Sasquatch, they live here, here, and here. And the reason is because they're really big creatures and they're scary. And they've got some of them that are friendly and some of them that are not. Uh, the Gugway, for instance, that's called the face eater. And that's mainly found in uh, Canada. Oh, wow. I mean, that's a giant a giant Sasquatch uh, found in Canada. And it's called the Gugway. The uh, First Nations people do not like these things at all. You know, and uh, they're the only ones that will talk to me about it, being, being white, you know, European white. I, I've tried to speak to Native American Indians in the United States, and they will not speak to me about it. You know, because <laughs> I'm not Native American. Yeah. And they think it's, uh, they also think it's bad luck and that it's just bringing down evil upon themselves. So they will not speak to you about it. Okay. Well, that's interesting. That's kind of like with the, the skinwalker thing. They, they won't even say the word because of what oh, it can no, bring. No, they won't. So. Right. They'll bring, they'll bring the evil spirits down on them and that'll be the end of them. Yeah. I mean, they have a, they have a very deep belief in that and, I would after I found out about it and why they wouldn't talk to me, I never pushed it since. I mean, and that was well over ten years ago. I said, nope, no more. Yeah, you know, I'm out, I'm out southwest trying to speak to people, and and I found out why. So okay, you got to respect them. Yeah, that's respect. Got to respect your. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, do you have any? Uh, so, I know you said the the Facebook page, but do you in uh, YouTube? Uh, if you want to uh, just plug all that stuff in real quick for people to go find. Well, if, if, well I, I, I do uh, two different podcasts with uh, Jeremiah Fountain and one of the podcasts, we have a third person, uh, Gary Spikes. All you got to do is go to YouTube, put one of our names in, put my name in it and it'll come up. You know, it, that's, that's like the easiest way to find it. Uh, the one the three of us do is called a cryptid consortium. And, uh, you know, you can either plug that in or just one of our names and you'll see a slew of different programs. We've been doing a cryptid consortium for uh, a year and, and about uh, a month now. And what we do on a cryptid consortium is cryptids that you don't usually hear about ever. You know, we don't do Mothman and, and Dogman and Sasquatch. Not that we wouldn't want to do it, but... Mongolian deathworm people don't usually hear about that. Yeah, no, I you know. Heard and, of it. <laughs> and the Wahila people don't usually, you know, know what a Wahila is, you know? So, I mean, that's what we just did that last week, the Wahila. Yeah. Uh, so, well, we'll pick, you know, obscure cryptids that are out there. We'll research the death out of them. And then we'll throw an hour, an hour and a half at it. And we'll give the people information because it's, it's, it's good to listen to, too. You know, if you're on a drive at nighttime and you plug it in there and I mean, it's just like Art Bell's stories over there. And I mean, we're not on par with art, but it's it's interesting, the information that we come up with. Yeah. And then the other show, <coughs> the other show that Jeremiah and I do, uh, we interview a different person out there in the uh, cryptozoology field or in the paranormal field. Uh, if we can get somebody from the 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 alien field you know the ufos that would be great too but so far we've had no luck um mufon which is the biggest organization in the world on ufos and aliens uh they kind of keep a, a tight lip and they stay within themselves so one of these days though we'll get somebody decent to uh interview i'm sure you but we're always looking out there 
Um, so anyway, on Facebook, International Dogman Project, just type that in and you'll get a slew of different chapters that you can, you know, go to, check out and join. Also, I put together a few years back the Quad Coalition of Sciences. That's the paranormal, UFOlogy, cryptozoology, right? And um, and also just plain old regular zoology. Uh, and what I do is we publish articles and, and uh, stories and everything there with the hope that one day everybody will come together instead of keeping into their separate groups. And maybe my bit of information go along with this person's bit of information, you know, from the UFO section, my cryptozoology information, and we'll find an answer. If we could just find one answer, it's all worth it. I agree. I agree wholeheartedly with that that last statement there. Um, but I will try. I'll get the the links for all your all your stuff, and I'll put it in the the show notes for sure for everybody to. Uh, okay. Thank you. To, Appreciate it. Yeah. So, uh, but with that, uh, everybody, uh, Nick, just uh, when I stop recording, uh, just stay on for uh, a minute or two just to make sure okay. everything loads. But um, with that, everybody, that is the show for today. Um, I definitely would like to have uh, Nick back on in the future. And I hope you guys really enjoyed, you know, the things that he had to say um, and, and, and go show his shows some love on, on YouTube. I would greatly appreciate that. Um, and if anybody has a UFO experience of some kind, please go, uh, go uh, reach out to Nick himself. And um, so they can talk about aliens on their show since he just said they great. haven't had one yet. That would be great. So, uh, but with that, like, share, subscribe, uh, follow, um, uh, I already said share, but uh, leave a rating and review. I would like five stars, but whatever you think I deserve, I'm totally fine with that. Um, I got the website www. Uh, where the weird ones are podcast. com. You can go check that out. Uh, there's a blog on there. Um, uh, I got the merch store, and then you can get all the pictures of people who have bought merch so far. Um, and if you do get merch, send me a picture and you will go right into that gallery as well. Uh, the Patreon is weirdos only. So if you're interested in that, go check that out. Um, and other than that, you can catch me in North Carolina, April 13th, uh, at encounter quest, Nick, I greatly appreciate you taking the time out of your day to come talk to me. Uh, you know, time is, you know, the most valuable currency and I really appreciate it, man. It's, it means a lot to me. I appreciate you having me on. Cause I'd like to spread the word about cryptozoology to everybody. And I mean, some of our members are like 15, 16 years old and, and they're just starting Yeah, and they, they, they're taking an interest in it. And I don't know if they'll keep it up for the future, but you know, the younger folks are our, our future and hopefully they will. Absolutely. I agree. Thanks again for having me on. Yes, thank you. And with that, everybody, question everything and stay weird. This concludes our broadcast day. Click. Because in the end, none of us have very long on this earth. Life is fleeting.
And if you're ever distressed, cast your eyes to the summer sky. When the stars are strung across the velvety night. And when a shooting star streaks through the blackness, turning night into day. Make a wish. <laughs>